Peace and blessings be upon you. Welcome to the Ta'lif Podcast, a space where we aim to provide content and connect our spiritual hearts with community, love, service, and prophetic wisdom. I pray that, alhamdulillah, you are all doing well. It is an honor and a privilege for me to uh, be with you, alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq this night as we prepare, subhanAllah, for our uh, last class on this series, for our last class of the prophetic narrative, which is, um, subhanAllah, the passing of the torch. And inshallah, we'll go on into a little bit about that in, in terms of its deeper meaning. So bismillah, let's recite Fatiha, Surah Fatiha to Sheikh Zamir Azayed, who is the uh, compiler of this beautiful text, the compendium of the prophetic narrative. Fatiha for Sheikh Zamir Azayed. With that, let's recite the translated intention of Imam al Haddad. Bismillah, I intend to learn and to teach, to benefit and to be benefited, to remind and to be reminded, to call to the book of Allah and the sunnah of his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, to guide and to be guided by sound proof and correct knowledge, to seek the countenance of my Lord, nearness to him and his reward. Ameen, Allahumma ameen. We're also here by the intention to expose ourselves to the mercy of Allah. We're here by the intention to seek proximity to Allah Azawajal and proximity to his messenger, to implement his character in life and all the way into the last moments of our life. We're here by the intention to ask Allah Ta'ala to allow us to enter into Jannatul Firdaus and Ana with him, us and our entire progeny and our lineage to the Qiyamah, those whom we love and those whom we have befriended and those who love and support us. We're also here by the intention to seek that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expand our hearts and that he increase us in knowledge and wisdom, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those that are beloved to him and that we may just embody all of the, the ways and the example of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that Allah ta'ala would illuminate our hearts. Allahumma ameen. Bismillah. So with that being said, inshallah, we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, and so as we look at, we, we finished Fatha Mecca and Fatha Mecca was a, was a very, of course, big event in the life of the Prophet وسلم, as well as in the life of the believers all the way for us until today. And it was something that, you know, when this verse was revealed, particularly about Fatha Mecca and Surah Al-Nasr, where Allah began, of course, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ Right, that, that already, right, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about like this nasr and this fat, right, this victory in this fat. And so, and then have you seen right, the, the people entering into Islam in droves? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, celebrate the praises of your Lord and ask for his forgiveness. It was said that when the Prophet وسلم, was revealed this verse, that he understood it, subhanAllah, in such a profound way that Aisha said that he never recited this verse except that he made hamd wushuk, except that he, he only recited this verse, subhanAllah, except that he would say, subhanAllah, astaghfirullah, that he would give praise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he would seek the forgiveness of Allah azawajal. And so when, subhanAllah, it was narrated that Umar ibn Khattab, radiallahu ta'ala, 
when he was, uh, subhanAllah, asking people, he actually, there was a gathering uh, of the people of some of the elders of Badr, and he was sitting with them and he asked, you know, asked them about this particular verse. And they said to Umar, this uh, was actually announcing the passing of our beloved, that the, the end of the dunya, uh, the dunya uh, existence of our Prophet and subhanallah, and Umar ibn Khattab, he shook his head and he said, I know nothing about that. Like that which you're speaking of, I know nothing about it. And that began also for us a small glimpse into uh, Umar's, you know, his heart in this moment. And so Ibn Abbas, uh, said the same thing. He said that when this verse was revealed, subhanAllah, that he immediately uh, knew that this was announcing the passing of the of the beloved messenger of Allah, alayhi salatu wasalam. And subhanAllah, uh, this was, you know, this began to, people began to get a sense that it, that it was even possible, right? That he, you know, and the Prophet ﷺ would say that you 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 think that I will be the last to to leave you for to leave this dunya, but in reality, I will be the first of you to leave. And so, Subhanallah, one of the the things that began this, of course, was the beloved messenger of Allah والسلام, uh, went on his farewell Hajj. And while he was on his farewell Hajj, he gave, of course, the most beautiful speech that we know, where he gave, and specifically, he announced to the people, even as they were on Hajj, he said to them, I do not know that if I will ever be amongst you again. I do not know that I would ever make Hajj with you again. So therefore, know your rights of the Hajj. Know your rights of the Hajj. Know your rights of the Hajj. When the Prophet وسلم, ascended to uh, into Mount Arafat during those days of Hajj, he, it was this is when the the verses uh, that were revealed in translation, which means that on this day I have perfected for you your religion, right, and chosen for you Islam as your deen, your way of life. Like your deen this day has been perfected, and so Subhanallah, all the companions were so happy, were so excited that day. Like wow, like it's camel, it's complete. Like we have like all the pillars of Islam. We know our deen. We know our aqidah. We know our way, right? And so it's it's known that Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala that he actually was found weeping uh, profusely, right? That he was found weeping profusely uh, after about this particular, when the messenger of Allah said this, that he was found, he went and, and sought uh, khalwas to seek some time alone. And so when other people came and they saw Abu Bakr crying, weeping in this way, he said, yeah, Abu Bakr, like, what's wrong? And so he said, did you not hear what the messenger of Allah said? Did you not hear uh, what he announced? And they said, and, and they, you know, asked, inquired and said, yeah, Abu Bakr, what? Like what? He said that our deen is complete, right? And so the Prophet them at that point, uh, you know, he said, do you know what this means? And they said, yeah, Abu Bakr, like we're happy. Our deen is, is canon. We've got everything. And they said, no, like he was, he was sent as messenger. He was sent for the Risala. And so if the Risala is finished, if his mission is complete, right, then surely that he, he's finished with us, right? His job with us is finished. And this caused Abu Bakr Siddiq to just overflow with tears. And so the companion 
Europeans actually feeling, of course, deeply concerned about what Abu Bakr uh, had said, and runs back to the beloved Messenger of Allah and says, Ya Rasulullah, is, 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 you know, is this what this means? Does this mean that if the risala is complete, if your mission is complete, does that mean that this is the end of it? And the Prophet وسلم, put, put down his head and he said, who told you this? And he said, these were the words of Abu Siddiq. And the Prophet وسلم, then raised his head and he said, your companion is true, right? Your companion is Siddiq. And so this was something, of course, that began to just quake in the hearts of, of the, the believers, quake in the hearts of the Muslims, subhanAllah. And so the, the beloved messenger of Allah, more or less continued. So this was in the year of, this was during the time of Hajj. And as, subhanAllah, uh, again, even in Ramadan, the Prophet وسلم, even before Hajj, two months before that, the Prophet وسلم, was kind of making announcement, like this may be my last Ramadan amongst you. So he's he was preparing, right? He was trying to prepare the, the Ummah for what would be the greatest trial of all times, for what would be the greatest trial of our entire existence to date. And so uh, it would be after that Hajj, after the Prophet وسلم, led them in their final rites, that subhanAllah, uh, it would be in the month of Safar, at the end of the month of Safar, and uh, the last few days or last one or two days of the month of Safar, that the Prophet وسلم, began to feel a, a deep, uh, a heavy illness, right? A deep, heavy illness. And from this sickness, he uh, did, he had like a, a headache, like a very, very heavy headache. And one particular day, he came to the home of Aisha. It was her day. He had come to the home of Aisha, and, and he announced this headache. He, you know, first Aisha was saying, she said, oh, oh, my head, my head. She was complaining that her head was hurting. And the Prophet وسلم, uh, you know, was saying, your head is hurting, my head is hurting. She's like, my head hurts worse. Because and then she began to tease the Prophet and said, you know, if I were to die this day from this headache, right, you would just bury me and then you would go visit your next wife, right? She's just teasing him. She's just, you know, and he, you know, just kind of jovially tells her, like, for sure, my headache, yeah, Aisha is worse. And it would be that very night, subhanAllah, that the illness of the Prophet would intensify. And it is said in the narration that we are that alhamdulillah in this prophetic narrative that the sickness lasted about 13 days there are some uh, other riwayas that are that are weaker that it may have lasted seven to eight days but the most relied upon position is that his sickness lasted for 13 days the important thing to say is that prior to that the prophet وسلم, was known actually for doing a couple of things um, also that began to make people more aware that he actually increased, subhanAllah, his dua uh, for the people, that he increased, of course, his dua uh, for, he went to Jannat al-Baqi, he went to the, the graveyard to al-Baqi, and he uh, made dua for the people who were living. In addition to, it was like this strong feeling as if he were saying farewell to the people as wearing, as well as saying farewell to those who had uh, departed. And so going back, subhanAllah, to this, this night in the home of Aisha where the, the Prophet وسلم, sickness began to intensify and his fever. SubhanAllah, the beloved messenger of Allah والسلام, uh, would, you know, that uh, 
after his sickness, subhanAllah, uh, had intensified, he then was actually visiting, you know, the days would go by and he would be taken, carried on a stretcher to his other wives, subhanAllah. And so he went to visit them. And as he was going to visit uh, his other wives and being carried on the stretcher, he would ask the question, is it, you know, is it the time of Aisha? Like, is it, uh, you know, time to be back in the home of Aisha? And so recognizing that his he had this strong desire to be in the home of Aisha and that, you know, he was really asking their permission and they all granted their permission. They all granted permission for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to be then cared for in the home of Aisha and what a great honor, right? What a great honor, of course, to be uh, so beloved to the Prophet that he wanted to even spend, you know, the, his moments of sickness. You know, those moments, subhanAllah, when we all feel sick, we all feel like I'm not my best and I want to be comforted, right? By the one who will give me the best comfort, the one who will just, you know, embrace me and make me feel the best. And, you know, for all of us, this is a lesson, right? This is a huge lesson for us in terms of like, what does it mean to be the beloved of the beloved of Allah? Hey, what does it mean for subhanAllah, for the beloved messenger of Allah to crave your company, hey, to want to be in your presence, to want to be comforted by you, by your voice. And so subhanAllah, the, the beloved messenger of Allah was returned to the house of Aisha And in the last particular days, uh, after, you know, when his pain began, you know, to intensify, there were a number of doctors, number of people who had come from different regions seeking to, to, to offer the Prophet Sallallahu send them uh, different medical treatments. And, and subhanAllah, this was something they were kind of like, let us, let us, let us address this. Let us, you know, um, give you medicine. And Aisha radiallahu was just intensely learning and studying from them at that particular time, just intensely one to follow every single thing that the doctors were doing and what they were offering as medicine because it would be something subhanallah that she would actually carry on for us and so it's in these days that even when she was asked about they, they would say you know i i know your knowledge of fiqh like that's not you know i there's no question about your knowledge of fiqh there's no question about your knowledge of arab history and genealogy and no question about your knowledge of poetry and literature but they would say what i'm amazed at yeah like yeah um what we need what i'm amazed at is your knowledge of medicine like how did you um become so knowledgeable in medicine and she would mention that it was in these particular days even prior to that that as different doctors would come to the prophet she would intensely study that that would become something uh you know she would she would engage in and part of it was because she was thinking of how, you know, all the ways that she would be able to comfort her beloved messenger of Allah. And so, subhanAllah, but uh, one particular evening when he was visited by Fatima Zahra, she comes to the Prophet and the Prophet beckons for her to draw near to him. And he whispered in her ear, this is his beloved daughter, Fatima Zahra, and as he whispers in her ear, uh, she, she begins to weep, right? She begins to weep. And then, subhanAllah, she 
Uh, he calls her back again and he whispers in her ear and she started to smile, right? She started to smile. And as she's leaving the room, and ask her, like, what did he say? Like, I noticed that he called you over and, you know, at first you wept, you cried, and then he called you back and you smiled, ya Fatima. What did the messenger of Allah say to you? But at that time, uh, subhanAllah, Fatima alayhi salam said that this, like, it wasn't, it wasn't the time for her to reveal, right? The, like he told her secretly in her ear, it wasn't the time for her to reveal what uh, he had said to her. But later on, after the beloved alayhi salatu wasalam had uh, departed, he, Aisha, uh, she told Aisha, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam told me, that you are coming to experience some of the sadness and the loss that no other women, right, of this will experience, the loss that you're about to, to, to experience, subhanAllah. And she knew what this meant. She knew what the Prophet was saying to her and that, you know, she knew that soon he would, he would depart. And of course, this made her uh, extremely sad. And so then he called her over and he said, but does it not please you that Allah has chosen you as the best of women or the queen of women or the amira of women of your time? Subhanallah. And immediately she radiated and smiled. And, and then he also told her that you would be that you would be the first to join me. Right. And um, and subhanAllah, thinking about even what our what the beloved Fatima Zahra had experienced in terms of she had already lost her mother. She had already lost her sisters. Uh, one after the other. And so subhanAllah, now thinking that she would be left alone, right, without the messenger of Allah, was just something that she just couldn't bear, something that she couldn't bear, subhanAllah. And so uh, in the next few days, as the beloved messenger of Allah, you know, makes this announcement, right, he makes the, his announcement, he begins, you know, to as companions are coming to visit the Prophet Sallallahu He is instructing them and he's giving them, you know, insight and wisdom into things, giving them some, some specifications. But one of the things that he uh, really specified, which is really important in terms of our minhaj, and that is he instructs Abu Bakr Siddiq to lead the prayer, right? And so initially when he gives that instruction, he tells, you know, his daughter, yeah, Aisha, Tell your father to lead the prayer. And subhanAllah, when uh, she when she hears what he says, she hesitates, right? She hesitates. And when asked, like, why are you hesitating? She said, yeah, ya Rasulullah, ya Habibullah. Like, he weeps, right? He weeps in the prayer and no one can understand him, right? And, and the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi you know, um, strengthens, right? Gives a stronger commandment. Tell Abu Bakr to lead the prayer, right? And so, Subhanallah. Uh, after you know, she 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 calls some of the other companions, some of the other wives, and they still haven't you know the the other wives of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so now this is the he's asking, did you tell Abu Bakr to lead the prayer? And Subhanallah, they kind of give you know uh, a kind of a half-hearted like, mm -mm, you are like the women of Yusuf. I, like basically, you know, you're you're debating back and forth. Listen, tell Abu Bakr to lead the prayer. Like this is my instruction. 
And so, subhanAllah, this emphasis that we know at least three times of the command of the Prophet for Abu Bakr Siddiq uh, to, to succeed him, for him to be the one who's leading the prayer. And so, alhamdulillah wa shukurillah, one of the things uh, that the Prophet as he was in his uh, sickness, and, you know, mind you where his house is, you know, we kind of imagine sometimes we, we, we have to, we, we wrongly imagine the home of the Prophet even the home, the modest home of Aisha, as if it were this kind of elaborate home, even, you know, a self-standing structure, as opposed to how connected, right? It is to the masjid, to the masjid of the Prophet that he would he could pull back the curtain. And as he pulled back the curtain, he, you know, he saw the Muslims praying, subhanAllah. And as he saw them praying, uh, he smiled, right? And to the point that uh, the companions could see him. They could see the radiant face of the beloved Prophet of Allah, smiling at them. And, and he said that Abu Bakr, he almost lost his prayer. Like he was thinking that the Prophet وسلم, is going to get up. He's going to lead us in the prayer, right? But subhanAllah, he urged him to, to, to stay steadfast, to continue to lead the prayer. But that moment, the companions felt so much hope. Like he has so much new, so much brightness, so much, you know, uh, you know, health in his face in that moment that they felt a deep sense of that. SubhanAllah, the Prophet, he's going to pull through the sickness. Uh, and so it, it's not long, though, after that, that Ibn Abbas, uh, comes and says that I have been a witness to some of the other companions and the elders uh, passing. And there are things that I see in, in his face. And he begins to tell them that if there's anything that you wish to say to the messenger of Allah, please uh, come. This would be your time to come and say it. And so little by little, the you know, some of them would come and greet the Prophet them. But in these most intimate moments of, of being alone, the Prophet has his head on the chest of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. And as he has his head on his chest, he motions for her, right? He motions for her that he wants to use the miswak, right? That this was something that the Prophet uh, really enjoyed and so she she knew what it is that he wanted and so subhanallah she went to for the miswak and she softened it for him she put it in her uh, mouth and she you know of course as you have that miswak you've got that thick edge on the outside and so she you know would break it and she made it soft for him and began you know to use it right so for the so the prophet to clean his teeth and so she said in that moment how how wonderful she felt that she said, my saliva mixed with the saliva of the Prophet in this moment. And at that moment, he fell uh, unconscious for a moment, right after he fell unconscious. And it said that when he came back, he could, she could see on his face, right, that there was a, a sense of, of resolve. And, you know, and of course, in asking the question, Right. He said, you know, what happened with that when the Prophet, وسلم, you know, 
would fall into these spells or would faint um, as a result of the sickness or even other times when this would happen, uh, she knew that either he had seen Jibra'il or there was something, revelation had come. And so she asked the Prophet Sallallahu that, you know, just engaging, wanting to know what, what happened. And so the Prophet Sallallahu said, I have been, you know, the question has been asked me. The question has been asked. Do you wish to stay amongst your companions? Do you wish to stay in the dunya amongst your companions? Or do you wish to be with your Lord? SubhanAllah. And she knew, she said at that moment, she knew that she said he would never choose us. Right? He would never choose us, even, even though uh, as beloved as we were to him, he would never choose us over choosing to be with his true beloved, which is Allah Azawajal. And so with that being said, it wasn't long that the beloved messenger of Allah والسلام, drew his last breath. And as he drew his last breath, subhanAllah, departing from this dunya, saying goodbye to this dunya and his companions in this way, uh, it, it became, there became literally an unbearable quiet, a deafening silence that fell upon Medina. In addition to it is described as if the lights of Medina went out. SubhanAllah, as if the lights of the Medina, of Medina uh, went out. And when that happened, SubhanAllah, when the announcement came, there's that very famous you know moment that we know is that when when the announcement came that the prophet sallallahu had had you know uh had departed that he had passed away that abu bakr siddiq is, is not in the masjid and the people right have spread the word that the messenger of Allah has departed from us. And so uh, they find Omar. Omar is in such a panic, as we knew from before, right? When he when 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 they you know gave even the tafsir of that particular verse that this meant, you know, the passing of the Prophet said, I don't know anything about that. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And so in this moment when the people were announcing, like, the Messenger of Allah has taken his last breath. Umar ibn Khattab completely lost it. And he said, don't you dare say that. Like whoever, whoever says that the Prophet has passed away, like I will, I will strike his neck with the edge of my sword. Right? Like he's threatening, subhanAllah, anyone who says it, that he will behead them. Right? And so the people, of course, in a deep sense of panic, what do we do? They run to Abu Bakr Siddiq, radiallahu ta'ala, and, and they come, they bring him to the masjid, and Abu Bakr Siddiq sees Umar, he sees his beloved brother in this state, right? He sees him in the masjid, just, just completely devastated. And he grabs him by the beard, right? He grabs him by the beard. As only Abu Bakr Siddiq could do to Omar ibn Khattab, he grabs him by the beard and then he looks at the people. Right? He grabs Omar by the beard and he looks at the people. And he says, whoever says right, that the messenger of Allah alayhi salatu was salam, he said, whoever Worship the Prophet Sallallahu Know that the Prophet has passed away. 
whoever sits at the Prophet, whoever worshiped the Prophet know that he has passed away. And whoever worships Allah, know that Allah is alive, right? That Allah is all living. And he, you know, began to recite the verses that, you know, messengers have passed away before you, that the messenger is no more than man and he has, pa and he has passed away. He will pass away, the other will pass away, uh, those who passed away before you, sorry. And so when this, these, you know, was recited, the companion said they heard these verses like they had never heard them before. Like they had never heard them before because they never, subhanAllah, never imagined the passing of the beloved And so what is known, subhanAllah, in this time is that that prophets would be buried exactly where they were. And so as these conversations begin to happen in terms of what would they do, you know, how would they uh, you know, bury, shroud the Prophet and it was known that he would be buried in the home of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala and exactly underneath uh, where his bed was, right? Exactly underneath where he had slept in the in the home of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala. And, and so when they begin, um, subhanAllah, uh, to shroud, right? They begin to shroud him Subhanallah and um, I want to mention again, I don't I didn't want to miss any points that the Prophet of course departed on a Monday in the month of Rabi' al Awal, close to noon in the eleventh year of the Hijrah. Right. And and most people, everyone for the most part knows that subhanAllah, it is, it is, uh, there is no dispute that the Prophet وسلم, passed away on a Monday. And they said that this day was the darkest, loneliest, and most tragic day, catastrophic days for the days of the Muslims. Anas says, Never did I see a day more beautiful, bright than the day the Messenger of Allah entered Medina. And I witnessed his death, and I did not see a day darker or more hideous than the day the Messenger of Allah passed away. You know, it reminds me, subhanAllah, of the, there's two, the soliloquy, the soliloquy of the moon, right? Where, you know, where there's a young girl who actually writes an entire, almost molded to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa like a, uh, like a poem to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa similar to the, the Burda in, in terms of its poetry, I'm saying, where she writes this, this called the soliloquy of the moon. And in it, right, she talks about, she can't imagine, you know, how the moon must have felt to no longer be able to shine on the Messenger of Allah But I always think also, subhanAllah, also the sun, how the sun, must have that it would just refuse to shine that day. It just refused to shine that day. Subhanallah. There's one particular companion I wanted to read about, which is Al-Qasim Muhammad bin Muhammad, who the day the Messenger of Allah passed away and said that he went blind. Right? And when people, some of the other companions would come visit him. And he would say to them, I needed the light of my eyesight to gaze upon the messenger of Allah. And if he is no longer with us, then I no longer need my eyesight. And I, I no longer, he is Nur al-Aini. And if I, if I don't have Nur al-Aini, if I don't have 
the beloved of my eyesight, the light of my eyesight, then there is no need for me to ever see again. This is the level of love, right? That the companions have for the beloved messenger of Allah, And so uh, the companions begin after they decide that this is where the Prophet is going to be buried. They begin to enter into his home. They couldn't actually pray all at one time because of the the tiny space right now of course when we go to masjid al-nabawi now how vast and how wide it is but of course this is upon expansion upon expansion but at that particular time the prophet sallallahu room was so small that you know to pray for him in his in you know exact place where he buried they couldn't all pray at the same time so they literally came in succession right they came in small groups and small groups one after the other, uh, praying for the Prophet and praying Salatul Janazah one after the other, subhanAllah. And it said that after that, that when Fatima Zahra, you know, when, when it had all finished and Fatima Zahra, uh, you know, had got the news that he had been buried, she actually ran to some of the other companions, particularly Omar and, and, and Abu Bakr and said, you, did you have the nerve which one of you had the nerve to throw dirt on the messenger of Allah? Like she's, she's just so overcome, overwhelmed right, with her love of the Prophet ﷺ. She just says, how could you have done it? How could you have put dirt on the messenger of Allah? And of course, you know, this was something that was fun upon them. They didn't even want to look her in the eyes as they're lowering their gaze, you know, turning away from her, not wanting to answer her questions, subhanAllah. And again, this was some of these were the toughest days of the, uh, of the lives of the companions and even the toughest days for us as believers that subhanAllah the Prophet said there will come a day when you would sacrifice your, your parents and your children to gaze upon me subhanAllah that there would come a day and that one would sacrifice, excuse me, that they, their spouse and their children, their spouse and their children in order to gaze upon the face of the messenger of Allah SubhanAllah, as I think about those, you know, uh, as many people uh, who quote that part of the meaning of that same surah, Surah Al-Nasr, that where you see the people entering into Islam and growth, like the converts. There are people, SubhanAllah, who've left their parents, who've left their families, uh, you know, in order to be amongst those who worship Allah and to follow the way of Sayyidina Muhammad, and that they've given up everything. They've given up culture. They've given up their, their land, their homelands. They've given up their families in some cases in order to be from amongst the deen and to think about that like how they would want of course to be in the presence of the messenger of Allah so with that being said subhanallah we're coming up on uh, on the time uh, after that right we can't we won't go too much into the aftermath uh, of what happens, but there's one particular story that I'd like to narrate, and because there's so many, there's so much to tell in this short time. But the beloved messenger of Allah, you know, had had always been close uh, to to his, to his the the we called the mother after his mother, which is Umm Ayman Barakah, and Subhanallah, in order to comfort themselves. Abu Bakr Siddiq Umar bin Khattab went to visit, you know, our beloved Um Ayman Barakah. 
And when they went to visit, they found her weeping. And as she was weeping, they said to her, are you weeping? Because the Prophet is no longer with us. And this is our hope. This is why I want to end with this. And when they asked her this question, her tears immediately stopped and she raised her head. And she said, no. She said, didn't you read? Right? They didn't, didn't you read in the Quran, right? That the Prophet وسلم, is amongst you. Right? She said, I'm weeping because the revelation has stopped. Because our relation that this, the wahi is, has ended. She said, that's why I'm weeping. That there will be no more wahi that will descend on this earth because he is the khatam. He is the seal of all prophets. That's why I'm weeping. I, as it relates to the Prophet instead of no longer being with us, I know, I, she's like, I'm, I'm that part I'm certain about. That subhanAllah, the messenger of Allah is amongst you. And of course, uh, you know, to remind us of the ahadith of the Prophet that whoever sends salawat on him, the first thing is just on their own at any time, that any time they send salawat, there is an angel that is created, right? That then takes that salawat and then goes and stands in a long line of angels carrying salawat and saying, oh, uh, and they, they wait, right? To greet the Prophet and say, oh Allah, such and such, send a salam to you. Right? And they're, they're excited to stand in this line and to be the one to greet the Prophet وسلم, saying that such and such has sent salawat on you. And so the Prophet وسلم, at that time, Allah allows his soul to return for him to say, Wa alaykum assalam. Right? And so can you, if you can imagine, subhanAllah, that every time as you're sending salawat on the Prophet وسلم, uh, you know, the, the giving, the angels are delivering that salam and the Prophet وسلم, Allah allows his soul to be returned so that he would send salam on you. And then subhanAllah, we know that on Laylatul Jum'ah, that when you send salam to the Prophet وسلم, that the Prophet himself hears it, right? And subhanAllah returns salam. And of course, in our ability to go visit the Prophet وسلم, uh, we know that the Anbiya are alive in their graves, subhanAllah, that this is our aqidah that we're firm upon, right, that this is, this is our way that we're firm upon. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in meaning, right, in Surah Al-Baqarah, do not say about those who are killed in the cause of Allah that they are dead, for surely they are alive with their Lord. So if that's the case with those who are killed in the cause of Allah, what about the Prophets? Right. What about the Prophet Muhammad Of course, for what purpose that he makes du'a for the Ummah, that he continues, of course, to benefit us by his du'a, subhanAllah, continuing to even greet us on the other side. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us to be amongst those who are who send the highest levels of the of salam upon the Prophet and who are who are able to be visited uh, by him in our dreams as well as an awakened state. Jazakumana and khair.
Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirabbil alamin wassalatu wassalamu ala sayyidina habibina mawlana Muhammad wa ala ali sayyidina mawlana Muhammad. Oh Allah, we ask that you please illuminate our hearts, ya Rabbi, and that you would allow us to see the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in our dreams and that he would be the face that would greet us on yawm al-qiyamah. Allah, we ask that you bless us, give us the heart and the mind and the understanding to be able to implement his sunnah and his example. Oh Allah, we ask that you please make us amongst those that are beloved to him and beloved to you. Make us amongst those, Ya Rabbi, that you have illuminated with the Quran. Make us amongst those, Ya Rabbi, who benefit from the wisdom of the Prophet Make us amongst those, Ya Rabbi, who benefit from his seerah and his story and understanding, Ya Rabbi. Grant us an understanding and a hikmah, a wisdom, Ya Allah. Allahumma barahmatika undur alayna bi'ainu rahmah. Ya Rabbi, gaze upon us with your gaze of pleasure and make us amongst those that you have granted a complete and perfect pardon. Allahumma sani ala Sayyidina Muhammadin fin awaleen. Allahumma sani ala Sayyidina Muhammadin fin akhireen. Allahumma sani ala Sayyidina Muhammad fi kullin waqtin wahayin. Allahumma sani ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Al-Fatihah. Al-Khadrat Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Thank you for tuning in. Please consider becoming a monthly sustainer by joining 1,000 Hearts of Ta'lif and committing to give $3 a day to keep this work coming to seekers, youth, and newcomers to Islam. Sign up today at www.ta'leefcollective.org forward slash donate. We hope you enjoyed the variety of sessions available and hope you benefit immensely. Allah bless you and Allah bless your loved ones.